0: Should old acquaintance, whatever. It's me, Cindy, and it's almost or already 2022. Whoa! And on the heels of 2020 and 2021, I gotta hope this one doesn't keep up the cycle of the decade just stinking up the joint. But even when life is frustrating, challenging, difficult, hard, miserable, there are bright spots. And as I was reading the only best of article I'm gonna read in honor of the late, great 21, I was particularly struck, not so much by the favorite TV shows or best books, but by the idea of looking back at the most heartfelt bests. So here I go. I know when I start scrolling through the photos, a lot more good memories will be awakened, because mostly nobody keeps or takes photos of the bad times. But I'm going to go with what comes to mind, what really stood out. I got to sing again. Hadn't thought that was going to happen. And when the opportunity finally came up... I actually thought twice about whether I would do it or not, which is crazy because going ahead and doing it, the very second the band starts playing, I'm so happy, as happy as I can ever be, looking over at Patty as we start singing our little hearts out. I love that I get to do that, that doing backup vocals, there's no pressure for perfection, which isn't to say it doesn't matter or that I'm sloppy, but that nobody's looking at me. So I can just add to the music that's being made without being self-conscious. Rather, I can just let her rip. And I got to sing with some new bandmates, Chris on piano, Jim on guitar, and it was just as much fun as it can ever be. So that was a best of. Actually, every time we played was a best of. But that first night out, that was the one that really stands out because I was on the fence about going. And there were any number of moments with little Fiona, who in her third year en route to being four, was like watching a flower continue to bloom. Once a little human starts to learn words, and then sentences, and then really begins expressing themselves, and then getting all the subtexts, well, that's a remarkable thing to watch. Plus, she has the most active, on-alert, and ready-to-roll sense of humor of almost any kid I know, except maybe Mason, who's six years older and more advanced in his appreciation of the subtleties of humor. My humor, especially. I also had some pretty good moments with him and James, who often went for walks with Ruby and me. And when it turned out that James and Mason were almost the same age, I had to introduce the two. And getting two nine-year-olds together was almost like an interesting science experiment or a social experiment where they compare videos they love on TikTok and share their Instagram posts. I learned all about Roblox, not roadblocks, but it sure sounded like that, and all the other games they spend time, way too much time playing on their smartphones and iPads. Being nine sure is different than when I was nine. Smartphones will do that. There was the day we went to IHOP and they both ordered pancakes with faces. And then we went to the beach and they did all the kid things, skipping rocks on the water, digging holes in the sand, running up and down the beach, feeling the full impact of the joy of being unburdened by bills, work, responsibilities. Do you even remember what that felt like? There was the trip to Chicago, where I had that great window seat, and I got to watch the lights of the city come into view as we landed. And of course, reuniting with Jill after nearly two years, which is way beyond too long. There was reconnecting with Ivan, who's in Florida, and had dropped off my radar, or changed his cell phone number, which these days is enough for someone to completely disappear forever, unless you can find them doing a decent Google search, or have a mutual friend on Facebook, which, thankfully, Johnny Valentine, we do. I had an absolutely magical visit to an absolutely magical home of Doc and Ms. Custer. It's the kind of place where you would live if you could, where you would have created it yourself if you had the talent and vision, which clearly you don't. There's a barn painted with sunflowers and a backyard with those Adirondack chairs that you can sit into and never want to get up from, positioned to gaze out over acres of farmland. There was a picnic table set for dinner under strings of tiny lights like fairies circling, and even a golden retriever, which made the whole experience like being in a really wonderful movie with a dog. That was a mighty memorable evening. I got my pork pie hat after years and years of wanting one. Although I've yet to wear it out in public, but, you know, whatever. After over a year, I finally got to see Catherine, my younger daughter. That was a pretty big moment. And thanks to vaccines and the little window where everything seemed like it was behind us, I got to hug everybody and anybody compulsively, constantly. You really miss hugging when you can't hug, you know? But then it was back to, oh yeah, that, and it's harder the second time because we're all a bit lazy and spoiled, aren't we? I'm trying. Both my godsons got married this year. Christopher got married just minutes after the mask mandate was dropped, so the whole three-day weekend wedding extravaganza was able to go off without concerns of COVID covering up or spacing out, although there were a couple of guests pretty spaced out, but not in that literal sense, if you know what I mean. And then Carl got married right before the next wave hit. Two brothers, two distinctly different weddings, marrying two distinctly lovable women. And there were moments from both that will always choke me up as soon as they cross my mind, like the reading that I did at Christopher's wedding. It was about what makes a good marriage. And when Megan, my older daughter, heard I was going to do that, she laid money that I wouldn't get through it without crying. Had she not made the bet, she would have been right. But having thrown down the gauntlet, it made me work hard to hold it together, which I did by handling it as though it was a script that I was reading playing a woman who was doing a very touching reading at a wedding of her godson. Ha! And for as much as there was one point where I had to take a slight pause to pull it back together, I made it. Bet one. Yay, me. I asked a few people about their most memorable moments and George Washington being quite the storyteller and appreciator of life in general. what? Well, you tell it, George.
1: So earlier this fall, there was a remote, remote chance that the Northern Lights were going to be able to be seen as far south as Virginia. So my wife and I decided, kind of spur of the moment, that we were going to get a hotel room and drive up there on the off chance we might be able to see something she always wanted to see. When we got there, it was cloudy, and it was cloudy all night. So we never did see anything remotely resembling the northern lights, and as we saw the next morning, it was a bit of a bust anyway. They saw them great in Iceland, but nobody saw them in North America. We did get a chance to spend some time with my oldest daughter, who lives in Roanoke, Virginia. And that was always a good thing. It's always a good thing to get a chance to do. But that next morning, after we uh, just called it a night, we went up to a place called Natural Bridge, Virginia. And it is literally a natural bridge, um, a state park. And the moment was walking towards this awesome, physical, massive bridge and seeing it in the sunlight and in fall with the leaves on the trees that were on top of the natural bridge falling down, just drifting slowly in that distance against that blue sky. And it was like being in Tolkien's Middle Earth. It was a magical moment. We stood there and looked at it and just marveled at the beauty that water had carved out of stone. Over the course of thousands and probably millions of years, this place has been there and known long enough that George Washington, not this George Washington, but the George Washington, carved his initials in the rock when he surveyed the place. We walked past the bridge and down along the stream that carved the bridge in the first place all the way to the end. And back. What Janann does for me is make moments like this possible. She virtually saved me last year when I was going through all of the tumult and all the terrible things that happened. And she, even though she is the less outgoing of the two of us, is the one that pushes us forward to do things that we haven't done before. And she makes that magic happen. And without her saying, you know what, let's go to the natural bridge, I never would have seen that place. So there's my moment.
0: And then there's Paul Varga, who recounted this story. One of the most impactful moments of this year was the lengths a stranger went to to make sure I got my wallet back after dropping it after getting pizza this past month. Unknown to this stranger, I needed a small amount of grace to push me through a time where my head was just in the clouds, and him taking the time on his way home to another state to get me back my wallet was it. I'm genuinely thankful. I asked Chris how I could pay him, and he said, pay it forward. And I've done so, and will continue to do so. I teach my daughter that everyone is our neighbor, even if they don't live next door. We need to go the extra mile for our neighbors with empathy and love. Now more than ever, it will make 2022 so much better. Thanks to Chris, whose simple act of kindness made my year. And thanks to you, Paul, and to George for sharing. I figure I'll be remembering more moments that made 2021 worth all the trouble, and you'll probably be having some pop-up as well. Meanwhile, we move forward, one step, one day, one moment at a time, and hope for the best. I do hope for the best for all of us. Thanks for listening. Let's see what happens next.